The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are very into music videos, if I do say so myself. Wow. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Jonah, welcome to this special episode of How Did We Get Weird, Jonah. Thank you, Vanessa. Vanessa, I think you said my name twice, so I was kind of like, okay. For effect. Got it. Yes. So this is a special episode. So usually when we do a special episode, it's about um, a holiday or a season or Or a a movie. Yes. Yes. Or a movie. And this one's a little different, don't you think? I would say so. This one is about, we're going to go through some of our favorite, all-time favorite music videos from the 80s and 90s, which I got to say this, Okay. When we were growing up, Jonah and I watched so much MTV that our parents constantly threatened to cancel it. And that was definitely probably not something you could do. Like, I don't think you could call your cable providers. Because remember, especially like in the 80s and 90s, cable, there weren't, you know, it it wasn't as involved as it is even now. Right. And our parents kept being like, we're going to call and we're going to tell them to not give us MTV anymore, which it's like... I think even as kids, we knew that that wasn't really possible, but that was the threat. Yeah, I actually don't really remember that. But yeah, I think they were more like package deals, like you couldn't cancel probably an individual channel. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But it was something our parents made up. But yeah, why why did they want to cancel it? Because we watched because it too much? Because we spent hours watching music videos. I also think that they thought a lot of the music videos that we watched were a little too adult for us. And watching back some of them, I can see... I can see their point, but at the same time, it's just funny when you're a kid, so much stuff does go over your head. Let's get into our trio of videos, which, Jonah, this was your pick. Yeah, so, you know, we talked about doing this episode for a while, and the first thing that came to mind was the Guns N' Roses trilogy. I mean, how how could it not be? 91 to 93, Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. And just to put this in a little context, my mom, our our mom, took me to see Guns N' Roses. Our mom took me to see Guns N' Roses during this era. So this is like a really like one of my formative concert experiences. And so Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 came out in 1991, September 91. This is like so crazy to say for people who who are up on music now. So these albums came out in 91, but they kept getting pushed back. And so I went on I went to go see them on this tour. So it was Skid Row open. They were on the Slave to the Grind tour. Guns N' Roses at Richfield Coliseum in Cleveland, 1991, on the User Illusion tour. But they had pushed back the albums, so the albums weren't even out when this concert, when their tour started, when this concert happened. Did you know? Did I ever tell? Wow. Did you know that? Wow, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So, like most bands, I guess if it happened now, like you would just push the tour back. But I think Guns N' Roses was just so big then. They were like, well, the albums are pushed back. 
And these were very elaborate, long albums. So they just did the tour anyway. So it was interesting. They had like all the stage setups, all the artwork. I got to use your illusion to t-shirt, all this stuff. I remember it was purple and blue. Yes, but they didn't. And I left it at travel camp somewhere, which I was so bummed about. Oh, we got to get you a new one. But they, no one had the record. So I think people had heard some of the singles, you know, like some of these songs or Civil War. But but the al- actual albums were not out during their arena tour promoting these albums. But were the music vid- were these music videos that we're about to talk about out? I think some of them were out, but these videos came out between 91 and 93. The show I saw was in 91. And I think they rolled the albums out over. So I don't wow. think, all, I think maybe one of the songs was maybe Don't Cry was out. Maybe um, You Could Be Mine because that was on the Terminator 2 Judgment Night soundtrack. Maybe that was out. But a lot right. of these, a lot of these songs were not released, but they were still in their set and they were playing them. And I feel like that's something very strange that would just not happen now. Yes, totally. So you're, you're a kid, you're going to this concert, and I want to elaborate for a second on what you wore, but yeah. um, you're going to this concert, you you know uh, Paradise City and Welcome to the Jungle and stuff, because those are from... Appetite for Destruction. I know yeah. Appetite for Destruction front and back. Yeah, okay. And I just want to say to our listeners who haven't heard us tell this story, I believe, Jonah, what you wore to the concert was a Guns N' Roses t-shirt you had that says... Guns N' Roses was here on the back and I Classic. used to get mad about it because I used to say it should say Guns N' Roses were here. But it depends if you want to say the band is singular, the roses are plural. So it's kind of, I think technically the the grammar of the t-shirt was correct, but I remember going through this with dad and you and like getting in fights with you guys about it. Yeah, well, it sounds like you were a very cool <laughs> yeah, it kid. Yeah, like a cool kid. Because probably was pretty young when I was having that fight. It just, something didn't fly with the way that sounded grammatically to me. But then, Jonah, do you want to tell the story of the jeans you wore? Yeah, so um, I got the t-shirt. I got I got the perfect bandana. I think like light blue. And then I, I had these... I forgot about the bandana. <laughs> Levi's, like very faded Levi's, like almost white. That's how light the denim was. And they had all these holes in them. And I'm getting ready for the show. I've been like planning this outfit for months. And how uh, old are you? Would you say twelve? I'm twelve okay. and ninety-one. I think twelve or thirteen. I think I'm twelve though. I think you're twelve. And I used to get bloody noses a lot as a kid. <laughs> um, and I got this bloody nose, and I thought, okay, I got this bloody nose. What could be more tough than bleeding all over my jeans? And so I put. This like sounds kind of made up. But I've told the story so many times that that I can't believe it happened, but. But yeah, I, I put my nose over the jeans and I got just dried blood. I got blood all over the jeans from my nose. And then I kind of let the blood kind of dry. And right. then I wore them. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember um, you thought, I'm sure you thought you looked really cool. I remember mom got the tickets from this like. She got this- them through the newspaper from like a kind of like a proto like like a uh, StubHub ticket scalper. StubHub yeah. guy. And I remember mom saying that she... On the other side of her was this guy who was telling her, like, he said something to her about Guns N' Roses, like, these guys do so many drugs or something. Yeah, and so I remember, we got to the show. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my memories are a little hazy. I mean, you were very young. You were probably, like, 10. Yeah. But it's just me and my me and mom. We drove there. And then mm. this... So we had pretty good seats, I think, but you had to stand on the seat the whole time. Right. Like, the show starts and you're just standing on your seat, which is, like, so uncomfortable. Right. I mean, as a kid, it was, like, exciting, but also, like, as a kid, like, I was really small, so, like, I couldn't really see that well. I bet people thought you were so cute who were in the audience. Probably. So, <laughs> Skid Row opened, and I'm, like, I don't remember that much about the set. I remember... Did they do 18 in life? Yeah, I'm sure they did all the hits. Skid Row was, like, Sebastian Bach was really l- laying into Vanilla Ice, like, making a lot of jokes <laughs> about Vanilla Ice. And I also remember that Sebastian Bach was swearing so much. Like, every other word out of his mouth was a swear word. And I had this moment, this epiphany, where I was like, I didn't realize you could talk like this. Like, I'd heard these words before, like, in music and movies, but I was like, I didn't know, like, I was like, I didn't know you could use them so much. Like, it, it kind of, like, blew my mind in a way because I had never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, that's really crazy. And I'm sure that was really... Yeah, of course. You had never heard someone talk like that before. And you're told your whole childhood you're not allowed to swear. So I'm sure hearing yeah. someone use it every other word was incredible. Like, yeah, and it just, wasn't, you know, he's not using it in like a negative way, in, or in like an angry right. way. He's using it to like rile up the crowd. Like, get yeah. you know, like... like Everybody in your fucking seats get fucking ready to fucking rock or something like that. Well, Sorry you know, his big you. thing was everybody saying, Ice Ice Baby, fuck off. 
<laughs> and I will never forget that. And the whole crowd singing at me being like, like being like, oh my God, this is so nuts. <laughs> That's really cute. Yeah. So, so that yeah. happened. Then Guns N' Roses went on, you know, I'm assuming that, you know, their thing, you know, it has always been like, they go on very late. Like they go on two hours. Right. Through other, so I don't remember. I mean, I know we didn't stay for the whole set, but I do remember watching them play. Axl Rose had like a nine inch nail shirt on. Um, I remember, yeah, like we watched a bunch of the songs and then I remember we like, we left. Um, but I, it was, you know, I, I have to say, you know, so cool of, of our mom to take me to that show. Yes. I've written about it a lot in an article for Gibson's website and uh, just like an incredibly formative experience for me. Yes. You know, it's just so cool to see a band like that during that era. I mean, it's like uh, me, me and you have seen Guns N' Roses since. Yeah, but not during that era. In different incarnations. And now they yes. are back with Slash and Duff. But seeing like that, like illusion lineup in 91 as a 12 year old kid, like one of the coolest memories of my childhood for sure. That's so nice. And I remember reading that Gibson article, which is framed in our parents' guest room. Yes. At the, I think the last thing you say in it is, thanks, mom. And it always makes me cheer up. <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. It's really sweet. And I think throughout our conversation today, talking about this trio of videos, we can talk about some of the, the experiences we've had since then, going to see them. And Jonah, you've since met Slash and stuff, which is really cool. But just to go back to that time, I want to say something that you were also doing around that time is you did, I was just thinking about this, you did a Slash impression as a kid. Do you remember that? A Slash impression? I don't, I don't really yeah, remember that. Yeah, you used to sing like him. You could sing like him because he had two singing voices. Still have, if you... I think you mean Axel. I think you mean Axel. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, did yeah, I say Slash? Yeah. You did an Axel impression. I'm so sorry. You did an Axel impression... I mean, I guess you've been doing a slash impression kind of your whole life where you just kind of play guitar and you and you uh, kind of look at the ground. <laughs> JK, okay. LOL. But you, <laughs> but you did an Axel impression because Axel has two voices. Do you remember doing that? Not really, but it okay, sounds I'll, very likely. Yeah, because Axel would sometimes be singing in more of a like melodic way. And right. sometimes he'd be kind of just like, giving out the words like in kind of a tougher, rougher way. And you could do both. So you would sing. This was sort of one of the biggest performances you would give because you weren't like a, you weren't like always on like I was performing sure. for everybody. But you would do the like Axel singing thing into the like Axel kind of like talking singing thing. I would and just it do was, this like at like hanging around the house. Yeah. Okay. You would be like, it would be like Jonah do Axel and you'd be like, and don't you cry, baby. Like you'd go into both voices. I think wow. I just did a really bad job. But like you would do that all the time. You did an Axel impression. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't remember that. It was pretty good. Sounds very good. I mean, your impression of me doing it is very impressive. So That's I can only so imagine. nice, Jonah. Now, the videos that we're going to... There's so many Guns N' Roses videos to talk about. But the videos that we're going to yeah. talk about today that we referenced earlier is this trio of videos that I did not know were a trio. I thought they were all standalone videos. And some, the first two I'm much more familiar with than the third one. Okay. Well, they're released over kind of a long period of time. And it's unclear, you know, if thematically exactly how they're connected. But I think they're considered a trio because they're all from this album. And, not, and there were other videos, I believe, from this album. But... But they all had these super high budgets, were all kind of very elaborate videos. And I feel like they're kind of looked back as kind of like exemplifying this kind of excess of like the music video era that was yes. never really captured again. I guess this is kind of like the peak. So, and also the other thing I was just watching them, they all have the same kind of handwriting at the beginning yeah. and end of them that kind of links them. So we're talking about... I think that's Axl Rose's handwriting. Oh, in, he's got very nice handwriting. I believe Or very so. artistic handwriting. The, the, what we're talking about is the Guns N' Roses video trilogy from 1991 to 1993 that included Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. Something I just want to say about Don't Cry and November Rain is they both feature Stephanie Seymour, who Axel was married to for like, I think they dated, obviously they dated for a little while, but they were married for an incredibly short amount of time. I think they were married for, I remember us talking about it as kids, about how long they were married for. 
It's like a few months, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember that, but I know I know she does appear in the videos. But I remember <laughs> when I was thinking of when I was watching these videos. First of all, she's so pretty. And I remember when I was a kid, we used to get a lot of catalogs and we <laughs> we used to get the Victoria's Secret catalog. And I remember I was so into it because I was so into the clothes in it. <laughs> Because like people think of Victoria's Secret as like underwear, but the but the catalogs had a lot of like clothes that you could, in my mind, wear to wear to work as an adult. So I remember one time in particular, we got a Victoria's Secret catalog, and I circled so many outfits that I wanted to get. There were a lot of like kind of sweater dresses. And also when you're a kid, you just think that all, at least to me as a kid, I thought all adults kind of have the same body. So in my mind, I was like, this would look, this would look like when I'm an adult, this will look the same on me as it looks on these models because adults have just like adult bodies. <laughs> so anyways, I remember going through and there were like these sweater dresses and there were a lot of skirts and tops that I was like, this is incredible. And I remember it was probably, so it was probably like 1992 or something. And I remember being so sad because I was like, I'm not going to be an adult for like 15 to 20 more years. And I hope they're still selling this stuff. Like I remember being <laughs> like, I don't know if I should like hold on to this and just like, I wonder how many years they'll sell this for. But I remember I, I had created a whole narrative in my mind that I was like, if I'm a lawyer or if I'm like a doctor or I'm some kind of businesswoman, these outfits will be the perfect outfit for me to get. And I remember being like, should I get the outfits now in case they're not still selling them? But I don't know exactly what size I'll be when I'm an adult. Right, right. But I was yeah. so into the Victoria's Secret clothes. It kind of was similar to Express. It was just sort of very feminine and kind of like tight clothes. But in my mind, I was like, this is what a businesswoman wears. And I, I don't know if I need to get it now, but I, I hope this is still around in 20 years. Okay, I've gone on a tangent about that long enough. But Stephanie Seymour was always in those Victoria's Secret catalogs. And I was always like, she looks ready to go to trial. Yeah, yeah, I think outfits. that's true. I think that's fair. So should we start with Don't Cry? Yeah. Let, a music yeah. video that I realized in retrospect kind of traumatized me. Really? Why, yeah. why did it traumatize you? It didn't traumatize me. That was too dramatic. But I really got upset in one moment in it. Do you know what moment that is? No. The moment when Slash does a murder-suicide. Oh, when he drives a car off the cliff? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that part. That was always really upsetting to me. I'm like, his girlfriend is yelling at him, so he's just like, I guess I'll just drive off this cliff. Yeah, he drives off the cliff. And, and then, then the, the car, car explodes. explodes. And then he like rips a guitar solo right after. <laughs> yeah, somehow he survived. Yeah. Let's just go through this video. So it starts with a lot of kind of odd things happen. It starts with Axel's kind of walking in the snow with a gun. Yep. And then he like kind of comes inside and Stephanie Seymour is in the house and they get in a fight with the gun. Like, I think they're fighting over the gun. And then it's sort of like, they're fine. They go to a picnic. They're having a picnic uh, on a in a graveyard. Okay. Yeah. And then they cut to the band performing. And so this is is interesting. Like, yeah. if you studied this stuff a lot, like I have. And, and I listened to, actually, there's a Guns N' Roses podcast called Appetite for Distortion. I listen to sometimes, and they get very deep into GNR. But interesting thing about this, they're playing on top of this building. They're with Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon. Whoa. He's also singing with them, who would pass away, I think, soon after this. Right. They have a sign up there that says, where's Izzy? Because Izzy yes. Stradlin had like sort of like left the band and like they didn't really. And I think there might be like a milk carton with them or something. Like there's they, a sign at the end, too, that says that. Yeah. Like there's all these where's Izzy signs because Izzy Stradlin kind of like disappeared and hasn't really been back. I think he's played a few shows with them, but didn't, you know, never really rejoin the band. He just left the band? Yeah. Yeah. He left okay. um, around this era. Um, I think after the albums were recorded, but but while these videos are being made. And then um, another interesting thing about Don't Cry Yourself, the song, is that this is on User Illusion 1 and 2 uh, with different lyrics. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's a version. I think this is probably whatever I say is going to be wrong. I think this is a version from 2, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There, I think the version from 1 is like wasn't really released as a single, but the okay. choruses are the same, but there's just different lyrics. But that, that's just like... A, Another just weird Guns N' Roses thing that like only they could sort of do. Okay, but yeah, so, so they're they're playing on the rooftop and with Shannon Hoon, and then then they get 
Yeah. Stephanie Seymour's looking at a photo of Axel and then the photo can move. It's sort of like one of those like electronic picture frames. Current day moving moving photos. Moving like a, photos. Like a video. You mean like a video. It's like a video in the... It's like she's looking at a little iPad, but it's, it's set up like it's a photo. It looks okay. like she's looking at a photo and in the photo she can see that Axel's kind of flirting with this blonde woman at a bar. Maybe they're sitting at a piano or something. Right. And she's like not happy about it. So she goes to the bar and she immediately starts like having a physical altercation with this other girl. And she like throws her onto the ground and she's like punching her and stuff because she was talking to Axel. Not like the most feminist forward video, but none of these are. That wasn't huge at the time. So she gets in this huge fight with this woman and then it cuts to Slash who's in the car with this woman. They're driving around this high area of elevation and she's yelling at him and then he just like throws his cigarette out the window and drives off a cliff. Yeah, and then it, then it pans up to him and he's wearing leather pants and his shirt and off. He's and he's wearing leather pants. And he, he's solo with the Les Paul and then he throws the Les Paul off the side of the cliff yeah. when so, he's done. Okay, to me, this part was always really upsetting. Uh, truly, as a kid, I was like, it's so upsetting that he basically killed this girl. He killed himself, too, except he comes back to life and is playing a sick guitar <laughs> solo. And she has no say in the matter. That is the most upsetting part to me of the of maybe all three of these videos. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Okay. So then you've got Axel's in a hospital room or some kind of really sort of sterile looking room. And there's multiple Axel's. Yeah, so, he's so then in you like, got Axel yeah. walking in in his kilt, which was like a big thing. Um, kilt and bandana. And then you got Axel in like ripped jeans, kind of like the ones I wore to the concert. His concert, yeah. Without any blood on them. And he's wearing like kind of like a a smart um, red blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jonah. That's a nice way of describing a blazer. And yeah, and all the different axles are sort of talking to each other. And then he, the blazer actually just flashes a peace sign and walks through a mirror. Yeah, walks right into a mirror. Walks in a mirror. <laughs> but, but you know, all, all the whole time, this is interspersed with this footage of them playing on this top Roof. of the building, which I actually think is like one of the coolest scenes in music video history, history? I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're on top of this building. They have like helicopters filming them flying around. They're just kind of like shredding up there. Like, I feel like the lighting, just the angles, like the, the helicopters, to me, that is like yeah. a really cool looking live sequence. Some might say you didn't need all of this other stuff of... Yeah, I think that itself would have been a cool video. But I think that like this was the era where like every video had to have some kind of like weird narrative story. or some kind of story, especially like kind of like a confusing one. Yes. And this th these may be some of the most confusing. But yeah, I don't think you had a lot of just like performance videos. And what's interesting is that when I was in a band much later, mm -hmm. The Love Kill, we made a video and we were trying to get it played on Fuse and stuff. And they were, and our video was just us playing. I mean, but it was, we, we shot in California. It was like cool. It was, it was well shot. And, and Fuse was basically like, we don't show videos that are just performance. Like you have to have these other elements in it for us to play. It. They probably wouldn't have played it anyways. But I think that you know, bands didn't do that. I think now you're much right. more apt to just go on YouTube and watch a performance video of a band actually playing live, but you had to have this other weird stuff in between to make it seem more artistic, I think. Jonah, I've never seen this video. I'd love to see it. Do you have access to it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. It probably has like 100 views still. So uh, it's been up for like 15 okay. years. Maybe we'll post it and maybe I'll get a few more views. And then, yeah. and then maybe the Love Kill will do a reunion tour and I can roast you guys again. Maybe, maybe. But... You know, then we cut back to this. Axel's talking to a psychologist. Yes, and his hands are shaking. His hands are shaking. He's he's kind of like freaking out. And then he's underground, sort of like in some sort of cemetery. Yes. I guess you were supposed to, th you know, and there's like a funeral for him and hearses. And I guess, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's the funerals what, are. What's, what's dying here? What's dying here? Like, is it is it his ego is it himself is it another is it one of the other axles from the, the right. hospital what, what version of him is is suffering here well you see stephanie seymour she looks sad and then you see him and he's and then you see everyone's at a funeral and he walks and then axel walks over to his own grave which says his name and says 1962 to 1990 Yep. And then, so 28. I mean... And then a dove flies up. God, so and, much and, success by 28. Actually, 28's how old I was when I got on SNL. Yeah. 
So, but I didn't have like a whole album. I mean, some might say I had an, a whole album of impressions and characters. Sorry. <laughs> okay. okay <laughs> I don't think it's really a contest. <laughs> so anyways, then he's, his hands are shaking and there's like a bird. I think it's a dove. A dove. Right. Right. Well, Joan, I think, I think they're one in the same. But <laughs> Birds are, doves are a bird. Yeah. <laughs> but you're specifying what kind of bird. Yes. And that sort of flies up. And that's it. There's a baby. Oh, at the beginning and the end, it's like you're going into a baby's eyes and then coming back out to the baby. And then it says, and I'm learning Axel's handwriting on the screen, there's a lot going on, in quotes. And then it says, P.S. Thanks, Joseph. Do we know who Joseph is? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure we could look into it. I'm not sure who it is. I want I want to say too. I, I did some fact checking. This is actually the version from Usual Illusion One. Okay. The there's song alternate. Is... This is the original. Yeah. The, but there's okay. alternate lyrics for it too. But yeah. I mean, the video to me, uh, like I said, the live the live stuff with the strobe lights, the helicopters, is really cool. I think as a kid, that was you know just really great to see. And yeah, I interviewed I interviewed Slash for my zine in college and oh I have a photo God. of us together. And I don't know, even know how it happened. Like I was doing this zine. Yeah, I tried to set it up and it worked. And I had this interview with Slash and he was incredibly nice. This was when I was in college, like 20 years ago. And he was like, I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, I just woke. It was like at like three in the afternoon. He's like, I just woke up, man, to do this interview. And I was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's cool. Like he was so <laughs> nice. And then and then like we talked about like Black Death Vodka. All, he was not in Guns N' Roses at this point. He was yeah. touring at, I don't know if it was Moss Kennedy or who. But then I went and saw him that night in Cleveland at Peabody's Down Under or at Peabody's wh- wherever. It, it was originally Peabody's Down yeah. Under. It had moved to where Rascal House Pizza was. And I saw him play this show and I have a ton of photos. I was like up front. like, And wow. I think they did some GNR songs and then he sat at this table after the show and you weren't supposed to take fo- pictures, but I had him sign a Rolling Stone. He was on the cover yeah. from 91. And then I like jumped in and took a photo on like a disposable camera with him. This is the infamous Rolling Stone that you can't find, right? Yeah, I can't this- find it. I think it's in our parents' basement somewhere. I can- and I have this, it's with this photo. I had it framed with this signed like slash we'll Rolling Stone cover. And I, there's no way I would throw it away. I don't know. It's, I've been yeah. looking for it for years. Every time we go to my parents' house, I'm like, I'm going to find this slash. And then I worked with him one other time, kind of later, and always slash super friendly, great guy. So one, nice, one of, right? One of, you know, I played a Les Paul my whole life. Definitely influenced by him. And just was he uh, a big proponent of Les Pauls? Yeah, he sort of made them cool again. Like you know, they were they came out in '59, and then I think you know in the '60s, '70s, they were not really perceived as cool guitars. And then I think when Guns N' Roses got big, he kind of brought them back into fashion. They became much more desirable, expensive. They're they're very heavy guitars. Okay. Like weight-wise, they're made on mahogany, but I think Slash is kind of credited as a person that made them kind of cool again. Okay, very cool. And he okay. has a lot of signature Les Pauls. I like will go online and look look at them and like pretend I'm going to buy them and like. Right. But I haven't. Yeah. There's a lot of Jonah artwork around our parents' house that has Les Pauls in it that say Les Paul in them. I drew a lot of Les Pauls in high school in notebooks yeah. when I probably should have been listening to what the teacher was saying. Well, look where it got you. Now you're a cool music slash therapy dude. True. So true. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about November Rain. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, 
and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, all right, all right. I've been listening to the Matthew McConaughey audiobook. And, Jonah, uh, yeah. My wife, Vicky, has been a very good sport about it, but I keep playing her the part where he talks about coming up with that line in Days of Confusion, and then I keep doing the impression of it uh, multiple times a day. When we were home for Thanksgiving, I got to see Jonah and Vicky, and obviously our parents, and two things that Jonah's really into these days are doing a Matthew McConaughey impression and also into... <laughs> into calling people Karens, which <laughs> <laughs> which I think is funny, but it's like, it isn't quite as popular as it once was. And it isn't something, Jonas just loves, you know, taking down Karens. I just think it's a funny, and yeah. it's nothing personal. Like, uh, we, we, we have friends named Karen and it's nothing personal, but I do think it's so funny. Like, cause I'll like look online, the big t-shirts that say like, don't make me go full Karen. <laughs> We had to explain to our parents what Karens were over Thanksgiving and they, it took them a second. And then we said, I think we real, the, a male Karen is a Chad or a Ken. Right. Right. But it doesn't feel like that's been. No, I don't think it's been picked up quite by the, by society in the way that Karen has. Okay. So really watching November rain again today, I realized a clear clear cameo of our cousin Ricky Rackman in that video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just realized that? I've known that since the I day mean, that video came out. I don't think I... He's got like I, a full full second of him like just on his face. Full second of Ricky yeah. Rackman, our cousin. Yeah. But let's start with the beginning. Okay. And also, I will say, I think November Rain is one of the best... Now, I'm, I'm not as knowledgeable about Guns N' Roses as you are, but I think it's one of the best songs by Guns N' Roses. Would you agree? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think as far as like the ballads, um, definitely. Definitely. I think it's it's up there. I think I like some of the kind of like the heavier stuff. November Rain's a little more kind of orchestral. Right. Um, but, but I do think like from like a song writing and like arrangement and instrumentation perspective, definitely. Yes. Well, you know, you were referencing this. Did we go see them once or twice? We definitely saw them once in, I, I'm so- going to call it 2000... 10 or something maybe 2010 i saw them twice during the weird period like i saw them with buckethead once right both times were in cleveland and then with you one time we got free tickets yeah how did we get free tickets through ap magazine i think or something i don't remember we had free tickets and we ended up at the show (laughs) and it was kind of an infamous guns and roses show because they played with this band eagles of death metal Yes. And Eagles of Death Metal only played one show with Guns N' Roses. And then Guns N' Roses kicked them off the tour. Because, like, I think Eagles of Death Metal made fun of them or they didn't get along. But but the Cleveland show was the only show that they played on that tour. And then we found out later that, that you were telling me, I think you write an article or something about it, where Eagles of Death Metal got paid up front because they knew kind of how mercurial Axel was and that they might get fired right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, people were like, oh, like Guns N' Roses got you guys for kicking off the tour. And they're like, yeah, we got paid for the whole tour. And we um, don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But but also, they're probably not getting paid that much compared to Guns N' Roses. But still, I mean, like, there's probably no loss to them. I think what happened, and I've, I've been this person before, 
I think what happened was it was Guns N' Roses. And then are they called Suicide Girls? Yeah. Okay. Suicide Girls performed and then Eagles of Death Metal. And I think by that time, people were really ready to see Guns N' Roses. I think that Sebastian Bach also performed. Oh, I think you're right. I think he might have performed at the very, like, first maybe or something and then come out during the show. I think Sebastian Bach was also there. Who, by the way, I uh, interviewed Sebastian Bach uh, over the phone many years ago. He was staying at a hotel. He was using a fake name, which is the only time I've ever interviewed someone who has a fake. I had to like call the front desk and ask for someone else. That's really funny. I don't remember the name, which is like such like a like 80s like rock star thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And then I completely offended him. Um, you did? Because I said, yeah, because he was, Skid Row was touring and he was touring. Sebastian oh, Bach I remember had this, this big falling out with them. So they tour separately. And I was like, is it, don't you think it's like, do you think it's weird that like you're on tour playing these songs and- these and Skid, Skid Row songs. also on tour playing these Skid Row songs. Like, you're both playing the same song separately. And he was like, no, I don't think it's weird. Uh, would you ask Paul McCartney if he thinks it's weird that he goes on tour and plays Beatles songs? But I think, you know, like, Ringo Starr goes on tour and plays Beatles songs. Like, I actually think that, like, he had, like, a pretty good point. It's like, well, what songs right. am I supposed to play? Right, right. And, like, it's not, it's not, you know, doesn't matter who wrote the songs. Like, these are, bo- you know, I think he actually had a good point. But I, I also was sort of like... um didn't really get it. I was like, okay. Like, I, that was yeah. also at that age. Like, I was like in my early 20s. I would just ask people anything during interviews yes, and like right. not have any kind of like, if people right. were, were mad, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, next question. Yes. Yes. Which is why a lot of times when I go to colleges and perform, I don't let the kids interview me because they ask yeah, such offensive stuff. Yeah. 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 The but stuff I'm happy I read, to hang. I, I'm happy to say hello. Sure, but like, sure. I'm, when I yeah. read my old interviews, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I asked this. I can't believe I asked this. It's, it's an age when you're not scared to get the real dirt okay so so november rain the video uh oh you, the other thing about that concert that we went to remember we tried to meet guns and roses backstage yeah, we tried to meet them we were lo- somehow somehow we got it might have actually we got been, backstage yeah it might actually have been uh okay pants who, who re- just recently redesigned our logo oh I think he might have actually been the person we ran into and he got us backstage i don't right. know how but he seems like the kind of person I don't know how to do. So we were backstage and it was like at like Gund Arena or CSU. It was in some arena and we in were Cleveland. waiting by this area and we were waiting and there's Guns N' Roses so it takes forever. And we wanted them just to walk past us. Yes. We were like, okay, we're going to post up. Because we saw some of the women from Suicide Girls and we we're like, okay, we're in the area where this stuff happens. So we're, we're posted up and we wanted just to be like, okay, Axel is going to, like, walk past us. At this point, like, I think literally it's, like, Axel and, like, Dizzy Reed were the only original members of the band. There was, like, you know, it was, like I said, yeah. I, I can't remember if it was Bucket because I saw them twice during this era. But, yeah, so we're waiting, we're waiting, the lights go down, we're like, okay, and then right before the band comes out, they're like, okay, everyone has to leave this area. Yeah. <laughs> and we basically all got kicked out. It was really funny, because there were only a few of us, but, and so we were like, okay, yeah. we're really in. Now, can I ask you, and then I promise we'll get to November Rain, really quickly, What's the deal with Buckethead? Because <laughs> he wears a bucket on his head and then his hair comes out of the top. What's going on there? Can he see? Can he breathe? Yeah. Uh, so he was in the band briefly. You know, he's kind of a guitar virtuoso. I actually have gotten into Buckethead's music recently. Mm-hmm. And the, like, and re- by recently, the last couple of years, I've gotten into some, some jams such as Welcome to Buckethead Land. Okay. He's an incredible guitar player. I think he was not the best fit for Guns N' Roses. He's Well, he's, I remember not not being a musician myself and not being as discerning as you, not feeling like it was not slash level of guitar playing, but it's probably what you're well, saying is it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah, technically, I think he's probably one of the better guitar. I don't know if you remember, there was a moment at the concert where Axel said, Buckethead is going to express himself, and then Buckethead did a nunchuck solo. No, I do you remember don't this? remember that. Yes, this definitely happened. What do you mean he did a nunchuck solo? Axel said Buckethead is going to express himself, and then Buckethead pulled out some nunchucks and just started doing this like weird dance and like throwing these like nunchucks okay, around. I can't, rem- I can't believe <laughs> I don't remember this. I, unless I make the, but I feel like I've looked it up before and it's happened. I'm, 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 I'm sure I'm, you're I right. This I guess what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, I go for someone who's so good at guitar, he sure does have a lot of kind of. Um, flashy things he does like wearing a bucket over his head you know as opposed to just letting the music speak for itself I guess I I also truly worry about his health like 
being in a crowded, hot venue and wearing a bucket over your head? How does he breathe, etc.? Yeah, I don't know. He's got it dialed in. I mean, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's buckethead. I don't know. He's he's a he's a really yeah. great guitar player. Yeah. Um, but I think again, like uh, that was kind. Of, I think that was kind of a weird era of the band. Yeah, yeah. but buckethead is still. Buckethead's still doing stuff. I mean, they had Paul Westerberg from The Replacements on bass. I mean, it was a cool band. It yes, was just... not the original. Not really, like, the Guns N' Roses. I think... I haven't seen them on this, like... Not in this lifetime, like, this Duff and Slash and Axel version, but I would imagine that's a little more similar to the videos we're right. discussing. Which, speaking of which... Okay, okay. Let's get into the November Rain video. Do you want to kick it off? So, so the beginning of November Rain, same font, which is Axel's handwriting. It says November Rain. Um, and then you see Axel, he's in this room, he's like, take, he's in bed, he's taking some pills. Then they're in like a big concert hall, which I think this is also, a, like you were saying um, from Don't Cry, the big shots of them playing the music. Like, I think this concert hall is really cool. They're in this huge concert hall and Axel's playing piano. And I want to say this too, I've maybe seen Guns N' Roses twice with you because I feel like the thing I remember from both times, or at least the one time we were there, is it you always know when November Rain is going to be played because he goes and sits at a piano, Axel does. And it's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Cause you're like, oh, yeah. he really is an incredible piano player. And so they did that at the VMAs famously with Elton John. Remember they sat back to back on their right. front? They had those pianos and like facing each other. Yes. Um, I remember being at one of the shows, Mixmaster Mike opened that I went to. And I remember wow. being in line for concessions and this guy saying to me or to someone like, man, I really wish Saliva was opening the show. And me being like, mm. I, I don't wish Saliva was opening this show. Was Saliva a band? Saliva was like a '90s, like kind of alt rock, kind of like, huh. yeah. They were Saliva. Saliva was it was a band that did not make very good music. Okay, so Axel's in bed taking pills, and cut to there at this big concert hall. Axel's playing piano. Then you see him kind of sleeping again in his room, and he's having kind of a hard time falling asleep. Now, cut to a wedding that I'll never forget. Stephanie Seymour, again, I just find her to be such, I mean, obviously she was a supermodel. A lot of people find her to be so beautiful, but I will not, she has, she's wearing a wedding dress that has what we would call today a high low hem, meaning the hem in the back is a lot longer than in the front. Usually dresses with a high low hem are not so high in the front, but she has like thigh highs on or something that are white and her dress is like Kind of, it's sort of like short in the front and long in the back. I remember seeing this dress and being like, again, something I'll wear to my wedding. Like, I'm like, okay, I've got a wedding dress. I've got outfits to wear to my legal. So my wait, let me ask illegal. you this. Like, did you think people <laughs> bought clothes like 30 years in advance? <laughs> like, just if they saw a good deal or something they really liked, they're like, well, I can't wear this till I'm adult, but this will probably be my size. In, in I remember years. just being like, this is a great wedding dress and I'm just going to keep this as you do, I'm just going to keep it in the back of my head as something when I do get married in 20 years or 30 years or who knows, 40 years maybe from then, <laughs> I will wear, this is like a great option for me. Again, sh not thinking about the fact that she's a supermodel might be hard for a woman, for most most people in general to wear a dress that's so short in the front. But to me, it was just, I love the style of it. And again, she looks beautiful. And I thought... This is kind of how I want to look. I think I think what I'm realizing as I talk to you, based on Stephanie Seymour's look at her November Rain wedding and based on all the outfits that she wore, again, not the underwear, the outfits she wore in the Victoria's Secret catalog, that I was like, oh, this is kind of who I want to model myself after as an adult. And Jonah, I think I've done a pretty good job. <laughs> okay? But um, I remember she's wearing this wedding dress with a high-low hem, and you go... Just gorgeous couple. I don't know who has better hair, if I'm being honest, because Axel's got that really gorgeous red red hair. But yeah, so Axel and, and Stephanie Seymour, a, a, a gorgeous couple. One's gorgeous hair, more gorgeous than the next. They're getting married. <laughs> One of them, Duff, they're, they're like, when they do the ring ceremony, it's like Duff has gloves on. I think it's Duff. Yeah. It's one of the blonde ones, has gloves on, and on his pinky finger is one of the rings. So they get one of the rings from the gloves. And then the other one, the other ring, um, Slash just walks up and gives them the other ring. And then he kind of leaves. Right. <laughs> just in the middle of nothing, he leaves. 
he they're you know they're going on with the ceremony meanwhile cut to axel i'm sorry yeah axel's outside in kind of like a desert in front of a really small chapel that's not the you chapel mean sla- where you think you mean slash again i'm so sorry cut to slash is outside on kind of a desert desolate area that just has this one small chapel on it that he's playing in front of that's clearly not the chapel where the wedding of Axel and Stephanie Seymour is happening. He just happens to be in front of this chapel, just really um, jamming out. Yeah. And so I would recommend, you know, I do listen to this fan podcast about Guns N' Roses. uh, I mentioned earlier, and they do an episode with the director. And to me, it's like so interesting because, yeah, Slash is ripping this guitar solo in this desert in front of this tiny church. You know, obviously the guitar is... You know, they're not even pretending to plug this guitar in. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, you know, they're, this is way pre drone. Like, they're using, I don't know if they're using like a helicopter or like a plane, yeah. but this, these shots are like very cinematic, like not easy to do, not like some. Today, kids are like, oh, uh, I'll just get this drone shot with my, you know, my new drone. I'll get a shot of my friend playing right, guitar. Right. But, but this day, must be you know, nice. Must be yeah. nice. But yeah, they, I mean, they had to get planes, helicopters. They had to fly them out. I remember listening to this podcast. They had to take them out to this like very remote location. You know, they have to get all the equipment out there. And so, so yeah, so Slash Rock does this guitar solo, which is like probably one of the coolest guitar solo scenes ever. And then, you know, and keep in mind, in between all this, Guns N' Roses is playing the song live at like some kind of like Royal Albert Hall or some kind of like Concert, orchestral, really, really yes. very elaborate you know, backup singers, all Beautiful. this stuff. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was Axel's suit for the wedding is sort of Shakespearean. He has sort of a medieval looking velvet yeah. kind of suit on that I thought that's a, definitely a choice. Yes. And then... Of course, we go to that the actual wedding, the reception, the reception, reception afterwards. Yeah. So, so they're cutting the cake here. We see a big shot of guess who? So Ricky Rackman is is at the show is at the is at the wedding. He's smiling, which he's, you know our cousin Ricky Rackman's. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's like, I'm at an awesome wedding. Yeah, I'm with my buds. Yeah, everyone's here. It's kind of a video shoot, but it's also like kind of like a wedding for my friend, even though. Yeah, probably he got to actually have a great time while they were filming the video because there was probably cake and stuff to eat. Yeah. So that would be, you know, as someone in the biz, I guess this is like kind of like (laughs) this would be like the kind of scene like you would want to do probably because you're like, oh, I get especially if it was like a friend, a friend's project. You're like, oh, I'll know a bunch of people there. There's going to be food. I get to pretend I'm at a wedding. Yeah. I would think that would be fun. And I bet they gave them real, like, I wonder if they gave them, given the time, like it being the early 90s, I wonder if they gave them actual champagne to drink. And we, if talked, they were just, we talked to Ricky about this on oh, the Oh, yeah. Podcast. What did he say? Uh, I think I he, don't remember. Do you? I don't remember either. But <laughs> we should go back. If you want to hear it, go back and listen to that episode. Go back and listen. You can find out what, what it was really like. I wish I wish I'd watched that video again right before we interviewed him. But I'm sure we could have him back because guess why? He's our cousin. <laughs> but anyways, then the weather shifts and guess what happens? Guess what starts happening with the weather? A little November rain, my friend. Starts to rain, yep. And so it starts raining. Everyone starts freaking out. Everyone's hiding from the rain. I feel like Slash or Duff goes under the one of the tables. Yeah, and, and then, you know, famously, someone jumps through the cake. This has been, you know, we talked about this with Ricky. It was not him. We actually talked about this on the, on the Ben Gibbard episode of this podcast with Ben. Right. Ben had was speculating who it was. Did Ricky Ben said think it was our him. cousin Ricky? Yeah, we, a lot of people thought it was him because the person has black long, long hair. hair. But it, it's it's not. We don't know who it is. We'll probably will never know. Honestly, um, watching it again and knowing that our cousin Ricky Rackman had said it was not him, I was like, oh, that doesn't even his facially doesn't look like him. Yeah, I think yeah, n- yeah. So yeah, definitely not him. And then cut to we, dramatic shot. Th- we're at a funeral, and everyone's crying. And then Stephanie Seymour is in a coffin, and yep. you go, oh, wait, what? Yep. Also looks very beautiful, but in a coffin. Yep, it's raining. Axel's looking very despondent. And then it cuts to the casket and there's red roses on it. And then they turn well, away. Well, okay, you're, you're, I just want to, before we get there, 
so so everyone's sort of freaking out. Stephanie Seymour dead in a casket, although she looks beautiful in the casket. I know I keep saying that. It's like we get it, Vanessa. I just I guess the reason I keep saying it is because I have I guess more or less modeled my adulthood after her, and I think that I've done a good job. Um, so in some ways, I'm complimenting myself. Okay. Um, so, so she's in a coffin. Then there's this whole funeral inside the church for her. Then there's an outdoor burial they all go to. It's very windy and rainy at the funeral. Then you see like a flashback of her throwing her wedding flowers and they land on this grave, which ends up being the grave that she's, or they land on this coffin, which ends up being the coffin that she's in. Right. All of a sudden, Axel is back in the bedroom he was in at the beginning. He wakes up, he's like sweating then you see him go to the coffin and he's standing over it and it has these pink flowers she had thrown and you watch them as they turn white. Yep. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the final video in the Guns N' Roses trilogy. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. The podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. Now, I just want to say... The, there's more Axel handwriting at the end of November Rain, which is it says, based on the short film Without You by Dell something, I couldn't read it because my YouTube... Yeah, that was his friend who... Yeah, that was his songwriting friend. Okay. Now, the third video and the third song I was way, way, way less familiar with, although I lightly knew the song because I remember you singing it a little bit when we were kids. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a strange. this was a huge song. But maybe not, maybe not as big as November Rain. But yeah, this is like a set. This is like a staple, Guns N' Roses. You're not going to see them live without playing this song. Forget about it. Because he likes to go alone. Yeah. That was an impression that I did. The, yeah, that was, you know, that mm-hmm. was... So he's wearing a Charles Manson shirt in this in this video. This was like a really famous shirt he wore during this era they sold. It said, Charlie, don't surf. And it had Charles Manson on the cover. And I, you know, I don't know exactly what the the relationship is there. But yeah, he's wearing this right. Manson shirt the whole time. Yes. Um, it opens with this kind of like very uh, dramatic, like all these cops, SWAT team. Yes. You know, 
raiding this house, flashlights, guns, everything. And then it cuts to, yeah, Axel and the band on, on the illusion tour. So this is a little later, you know, I'm guessing the albums are out at this point. Maybe this is 1993. Yeah. So, uh, and it's them playing these huge. Axel's in the house they run into, by the way, and he's wearing very ripped jeans, like the ones you wore to the concert. Yeah. So they're playing like, they're playing like this, this huge stadium. Um, so there's a lot of live footage. Yeah. Cuts to more, more live footage in a huge stadium. Big yeah. venue. I wrote <laughs> very big venue. And then there's some, Kind of like real tour stuff and then kind of like this hyper-realistic mm-hmm. stuff where Axel's like, um, kind of th- like you can see through him and he, yeah. lies, he lies down in the shower and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know how to really describe it. He becomes sort of a ghost and he's walking around and it's interesting because you see these people backstage watching them on the monitors play at the live venue. And then at some point, you cut to Axel is walking on top of this big boat. He's like walking around this big boat and he decides to jump in to the water. And then someone in the band throws him a lifesaver thing and he throws it back at them. And then someone else in the band is in like a little boat with like uh, paddles trying to save him and he's like doesn't want to be saved axel yeah then he goes under the water and <laughs> big theme of this uh, video who does he come across a bunch of dolphins okay yeah. and so this is really the part of the video that really most people remember is is the dolphin because it's so um iconic so iconic so so kind of absurd like, mm-hmm. so you're, you know, and I think this is the part. Yeah, this is really like the part of this trilogy that I think is probably most memorable to people is like him going under and this, this dolphin, basically. Three dolphins. Three dolphins. And, uh, you know, we found this article about it, you know, where uh, the director, um, you know, he talks about the dolphins. Um, he says, he says, Axel had split up with Stephanie Seymour and he was like, I don't want any more beautiful girls in my video. I'd rather have a dolphin. We knew we were deliberately doing that. So people would go, what's that all about? There was a sense that it was throwing a lot more questions and answers and that suited everybody. It created a myth and intrigue around the whole trilogy. And so that's from, um, yeah, that's from an interview the director Andy Morahan did with Kerrang. So it looks like it maybe has some deep symbolic meaning, but I also feel like it could also just be Axel being like a dolphin would be cool. He's like coming out of some kind of facility and there's white cars and one of the cars is like a silver dolphin on it. And then you see he's like in a plane or something and then the plane opens and there's a dolphin swimming it. Like a lot of the dolphin imagery doesn't totally make sense because you're like, how would a dolphin be coming out of this airplane? And then <laughs> and then there's, yeah, the dolphins that kind of save Axel from the water. And then... Uh, iconic shot that I kind of remembered is Slash coming up from the water doing an awesome guitar riff um, and then kind of floating on the water as he plays guitar. Yeah, so he's kind of levitating yeah. on the water. And yeah, I mean, you know, if you do, do some more research into this video, um, this video costs $4 million to make. <laughs> okay, um, okay, that tracks. Which, which is a, a lot of money in 1993. I don't yes. know how much that would be. They were saying it was like seven million, seven million for all three videos, which would have been the equivalent of like twelve point five million today. Yeah, and yeah. that Pulp Fiction costs like eight point five million to make. So yeah. just to give you a sense, and I think this one was was the most expensive, even though November Rain is like a super long song. Um, right, right. It doesn't and have any dolphins. Some might say a more. Well, whatever. It's all uh, subjective. It's okay. You can like November Rain better. I mean, I out of all these songs, actually, I mean, I would say if I had to listen to, I think all these songs are are classic. I think Don't Cry is actually a pretty, pretty killer song that maybe wasn't probably I would say was maybe the least successful song and maybe not the best video of these three. But I think it actually holds up as like a pretty good song. I think Don't Cry is. I know Don't Cry in November Rain much better than I know this song is strange. But, oh, the other thing that I want to say about this video is there's a lot of word definition in here. So, like, at the beginning, yeah. it shows it shows the word illusion and it shows, like, the definition. So, obviously, this is, it was off the Use Your Illusion 
album. And then later in the video, they show the word estranged and they show two like dictionary definitions for that. And then at the end, they show the word disillusion and show two definitions. And then at the very end of the video, you know, obviously the dolphins, you know, Axel had been playing kind of Sorry, Slash had been playing in front of these clubs called Rainbow Bar and Grill, Roxy. He'd been playing in front of these clubs throughout the video. And then at the end, he's playing, you know, he comes out of the water and is playing guitar on the water. And then the dolphins rescue Axel from the water. The Coast yeah. Guard comes and kind of saves him. He's decided, I think Axel's decided, okay, now that the dolphins have saved me, I'm agreeing to it. I'll be, I'll be saved. Then you see the definitions for the word disillusion. And then you get another sign-off by Axel that says, use your illusion, love Axel and GNR. And he's in a room where a little dolphin, where a dolphin, he's like with a dolphin, like a, yeah, like a yeah. realistically sized dolphin in sort of a green room. Yeah. Cut, cut, end scene. End scene. And so, yeah, and we, you know, we should also mention that you also get a shot of the Axel Rose signature red and white Converse shoes. Yes, the Converse shoe goes to the bottom of the water, one yeah, of the Converse yeah. shoes, which is um, weird, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but probably one of the least weird things to happen, I would say. Yes, I think that's fair. I think a, a shoe going to the bottom of the water, way less weird <laughs> than dolphin saving Axel or Slash coming yeah. out of the water playing Pretty guitar. sure that's just called gravity. Um, but that's just called is gravity. Is that gravity yeah. or that's, that's like called the current? Or like, current. what's what's gravity in water? Uh, well, Who knows? No one knows. knows. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think these videos, you know, I, I don't know how they fit together. I think probably no one knows, even Axel. But I do think they're really interesting to watch now. I think there is some connection. But I think, like I said, I think it's more the, the budget, the access, and the fact they're all from this the same, you know, albums. I have to say... Watching these videos again, I had the time of my life. I truly was like really enjoying them. I was watching them like a movie and it is really fun to watch them because they're, they are very cinematic. And yeah. to your point, Jonah, they didn't have all of the tools that they have today to film them, but they were just really well shot. And I would say... um you know, the only thing probably more exciting than rewatching these videos is is people listening to this podcast, listening to two people describe every scene in the <laughs> videos and then be like, I'm not sure if I'm right about this thing and then making stuff up. Um, it is fun to relive them because, you know, I, I think we're going to do more of these episodes if people like these. And there are so many little things that happen in all these videos that you just really remember. And it's fun to talk about them because they are really bizarre. I mean, that's the thing is music videos, I think because they're so short and because it's musicians making them, they have a lot of free range to kind of have them not necessarily make sense and right. sort of be edited weirdly. And I know we had a whole list of other videos that we would have talked about today if we had time, but I think this is a really a good trio for us to start this journey with because they're such incredible videos, such an incredible band, and Little Jonah's favorite band, yeah, of it's all true. time, it's and true. Big Jonah. Yeah, but, I wish. Yeah, I wish I'd seen them on this tour. I thought about seeing them, and uh, I got I got to do it. I got to do it. But you I know, think if, you mean by this tour, you mean a current tour? They've done a couple tours, reunited yeah. with Slash and Duff um, over the last five years or so. You know, if if you're interested in watching these videos, the links to them are going to be in the show notes for this episode. If you want to yes. kind of maybe watch them before before the podcast, then watch them again after. Maybe you'll the learn only something. problem is we're saying this at the end of the podcast, so people will have heard it right. already. But you know, oh yeah, so yeah, watch them now, then re-listen <laughs> to the podcast again because that'll actually probably help our our numbers. Yes. So, a double listen. Yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, when you watch a movie and it has like a surprise ending and then you're like, oh, I'm going to rewatch the movie knowing what I know now. Exactly. Spoiler alert, but then you have the spoiler and you can go in that much better informed. Yes, exactly. Sometimes a spoiler is helps you just get a new sense of perspective. And if not, you can use your illusion to figure out the end of it. Well, Jonah, this was so much fun. Um, thank you to Guns N' Roses for these incredible videos and to YouTube for keeping them in the uh, conscience of 
society. Uh, if you enjoyed that, please like us and, you know, I don't, and do all of the things and follow us at things and tell your friends. And we'll be back next week to discuss more cultural touchstones like music videos, specifically the Guns N' Roses trilogy made up of Don't Cry, November Rain, and Estranged. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, you're being a Karen. Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.